podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to episode 439 of Film Bastards. My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I'm joined by... Matt Foster, hello everybody. And Becky Foster, hello everyone. Hello, hello, one and all, we hope you are all well. Um, I'm pretty hyped up. We just spent about 20-25 minutes talking about Paul Verhoeven's Flesh and Blood, a fucking crazy film... Um, which, if you're a patron, you've already got access to that episode. If not, patreon.com forward slash filmbastards, $2 a month. You get mini episodes along with the main show pretty much every week at this point. We're on a really good clip at the moment. We've just finished the films of Michael Mann. We are doing the English language films of Paul Verhoeven. And we have got some fun shit coming up. The Nate's Nate's Marathon, I'm fucking looking forward to. We're not announcing it yet. But my God, am I looking forward to that as well. Yeah. Um, hell yeah. Um, so, also, uh, Pod Syndicate. So, um, Pod Syndicate is kind of reforming as a like a network of podcasts. So we're not going to say we go, uh, go to wearepodsyndicate.com because we don't know how much longer that's going to be kind of maintained for. Um, but... Pod Syndicate is part of a family of podcasts that also includes Chinstroker vs. Punter, his film, her movie, The Iron Sequel, The Rewatch Project, Entertainment Landfill. Go listen to all of them because they're all fucking brilliant. They're all very, very sexy. Um, so, what have we got coming up this week? I've done this the wrong way around, but I like it and I'm going to run with it. Coming up this week, I'm sorry, Noel, it's not Ambu La Nessa. It's ambulance. Uh, we're very sorry, but we're going to be ambu- talking about Michael Bay's. No, it's not. Yeah, it's just ambulance. Stylized as ambu ambulance. Exactly that. So we're going to be talking about Michael Bay's uh, um, keeping uh, drone operators in employment for months. Uh, film ambulance. Uh, actually, that's the only main review we got this week. So we'll, it uh, is. We'll, you know, we'll do I got s- really confused about that earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So did I. I, you I, I was, had like an I, existential crisis about it. What have we forgotten? What, Becky? What haven't we watched? Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's the thing, and it's like it's a multiple film week next week as well, um, and it, it it feels like it's that. I mean, it's great. It's that more than it's not these days, which is fantastic. But um, it was discombobulating, thinking, shit, the only things I actually have to watch for the podcast this week are Ambulance and Flesh and Blood. Huh. Um, That's quite freeing. Um, So, uh, yeah, but... um, So, yes, Ambulance is the main review. We'll talk about some uh, trailers, what we've been watching. We've got some Twitter questions, some good replies this week as well, so thank you, folks. Um... So, I mean, let's let's talk about Oscars. So, um, if you are a patron, you have access to five hours of Mark, Andrew Jones, and I talking pre-Oscars and through the Oscars, um, where nothing much happened. Um, so, 
the fallout from the slap heard around the world, I think could be summed up as there are many, many takes, most of them are bad, and celebrities are very silly. I think it could be summed up differently. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Well, I think it could be summed up in Will Smith dealt with it in a really... No, 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 that's what you mean. That everyone's responses to it. Ah, uh, okay. What? No, nothing. I think there's, there's a lot of people sort of being quite defensive and stuff, and it's it's quite frustrating to listen to. I'll read. So, in the moment, his speech was winning me over, and I think he played a real... And you hear that in Oscar Bation. And the morning after, you're thinking about it, and it's ju- and and also with the realizing that he was actually kind of just laughing along with Chris Rock until he saw Jada's face, and then the leap from that to what happens in that next thirty seconds or so. Mm. I, that's I, a stretch and then the, his speech were kind of like trying to justify it based off of all of that is a stretch I, 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 I'll be honest I, I wasn't liking his speech at the time and I, I, I've watched it since back and I I, I think it's the, the only sort of way I can describe it is mildly pathetic and grow the fuck up <laughs> and it's you, 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 you're seeing the reaction so like Amy Schumer and Wanda Sykes have both come out saying like I felt physically I mean like Amy Schumer needs to fucking chill out Wanda Sykes' uh, response was more measured um, but it does kind of feel like now is the tide actually turning against him a bit like it seemed like initially with like the standing O in the room and all that and like him like fucking dancing at the Vanity Fair party and like everybody being there around him and whatnot. It it now feels like a lot of people are going to be fucking regretting that because mm. in the cold light of day, I, I, like it, I, it, it I, I don't think people it, it, I, I, at the time. I think the, the shock of it. I don't think people appreciated the fact that he quite literally assaulted a man mm. on yeah. live TV for something that and, or, that, that, that was. Yeah, that was a, to put it reasonably, I think, a very mildly distasteful mm. joke. You know, a very mildly distasteful joke. Yeah. It, the thing is, it speaks to no one's going to stop me. I can say what I want. And then that that is exactly how it played out, you know. Like I mean, like yeah, okay. People were trying to cancel him, uh, uh, cancel not cancel, cancel him in the moment, like like Bradley Cooper and Denzel Washington. And it's like I think in in that moment, I think the people around you could probably forgive them for like not really knowing what to do, but it just I, the, the the sheer. I can do this and no one no one's gonna like particularly punish me for it attitude of it oh yeah do, do, like makes me very fucking uneasy like, like I, I said on our whatsapp earlier on if some cinematographer had like a famous wife 
and Chris Rock made a joke about their wife and then the cinematographer came up and slapped him he'd be having his Oscar taken away from him he'd be arrested he'd be chucked out of the fucking ceremony yep. but it's Will Smith he should have been kicked out and he should have his Oscar taken off him the, the, the thing is then they're, they're not going to take his Oscar off him they're just not they're, they're really not no I know I know they're not they're... but they should yeah, they they handled it very badly on the night. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's... It's, it's solid. I mean, obviously, I I didn't watch it, but it, it's it's solid everything to do with it. Like there's sort of fairly kind of standout things other than that that happened, but all anybody's talking about is that. Yeah, that's it. Well, I, yeah, I, okay, I actually so... saw a news report that said the other day, um, oh, um, that, that, that finished its Oscar thing saying, oh, and by the way, Coda won Best Picture. Yeah. Which, all right, should we stop talking about Will Smith? Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't criticizing. Talk. I wasn't criticizing you for bringing it up. And just no. The, the the. No. Yeah. Yeah. Conversation about it is is all about that, and it's it it just it makes me sad for everyone that won. And for everyone that had a moment, and for you know, I know it wasn't even in the main uh, telecast, was it? But I, Sam, didn't Samuel L. Jackson get a Lifetime Achievement Award? Yeah, yeah, the day before, yeah. And it's like all anyone's talking about is this arrogant millionaire who punched a comedian. Yeah. So uh, sorry for any uh bump in recording there we just had a bit of a snafu and had to start recording again so um yeah i mean moving on from will smith the real crisis of the night for me was the bond tribute um now we were talking last week what are they going to get tony hawk kelly slater and sean white to do Never in a million fucking years... Because I knew there was a Bond tribute happening as well. Ne- never in a million years did I connect the two. If they were doing 20 years of Triple X, I'd understand. It was deeply depressing and an indication that the people who produced the Oscars this year don't really know that much about movies. No, it, that, that was that was evidenced by the fact that it was a bit of a shit show all round I mean I I thought I thought the the hosts did did fine yeah. I, I really liked Regi- uh, Regina uh, oh fuck I always get them the wrong way round Regina Hall yeah yeah um, I really really liked her like and Wanda Sykes was, was decent as well Amy Schumer, little bit fucking Amy Schumery, but I, I I thought they they worked well enough, and considering the fact that they were only hired like two weeks back, I thought they did fine. But the Godfather section was awful. Um, why they were fucking celebrating Juno, I don't know. Um, I mean, wasn't that what I, was, I think the, that was oh, the just so they could get Elliot Page on, which is fine. Yeah. But just have Elliot Page on presenting something. You don't have to then try and make an excuse for it. 
Yeah, quite, quite. And oh, there was so many white men can't jump it. Years I mean, of something as well. What white men can't jump? Was it it's like twenty three years or something? Some bollocks like that. I mean, like no, or like twenty eight years sounds right actually. Well, it was thirty years. Yeah, it was white men can't jump. No, Pulp Fiction. Pulp, Pulp Fiction, Fiction. That was Fiction. it. Twenty eight years. Of Pulp Fiction. It just felt a little bit like what? It's a random amount. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's just, just these random fucking celebrations of, of of these films. Like it. And I mean, like the, the the ratings were only the second lowest ever, as opposed to the lowest ever. But my God, like I really hope they don't take the the. the the lesson of this being like there's got to be like really tweetable moments all the way through it you know like we need drama like i god i i hope not yeah it was but yeah i mean i don't know it was an odd ceremony and kind of depressing and after the will smith thing just like nobody was really concentrating on fucking anything like like you said bex it's like the coda like I, I I did feel sorry for them because that was a fucking huge moment for those people who two years ago would never have fucking thought that they or a year ago would never have thought they'd be up there. Yeah, you know, and 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 yet there there they were, and um, I mean, I do think Coda is going to be looked back on as a really Oscar choice. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I, I don't know, people want nice things, which I hope it swings back the other way next year and David Fincher's The Killer. It's like everybody's like, we want cold and calculated and <laughs> it's The Killer versus Killers of the Flower Moon. If that is it next year, let's fucking go. Yeah, because I don't think any... I've not seen all, all of those. Like, I can't truly comment. I don't think any of the, the nominated for Best Pictures are going to go on to be future classics. I mean, June will. Because it is. It's, it's a big film. It, it, it's the kind of film that should be nominated I, for Best Picture. I, I think it all depends on what June Part 2 Yeah, definitely. Like. West Side Story, I think, will. There's plenty of people that like it. Yeah, that, that's probably got the, big, the best chance of that. Yeah. yeah. None of them feel big, really, apart from those two. No, I mean the, the the power of the dog. I mean, it's crazy that thing was nominated for twelve and won one. You know, um, but that that's a film that does feel like yeah, best director, fair enough. It's a well acted piece and it's well composed and whatnot. But that being best picture would have been a bit of an anti climax. You know, like Coda winning best picture is a better climax. It just comes like at the end of a ceremony where like. Like the best actress and best act, uh, the best actress Oscar, sorry, is like just completely fucking um, overshadowed. You know, like it. I did kind of feel sorry for Jessica Chastain that she got a big moment basically spoiled by all that. But then again, I felt bad for Questlove as yeah. well. Like having a fucking like accept that award right after that happened. Like wow, we. Um, but. Yeah, shit show is probably the right way of putting it, Mark. To be fair, it was. That's it. I don't. I, I think the horse were were fine, um, but no more than that. They weren't. They, they weren't really there. The 
the weirdness of having the of not having the certain awards presented live there, but then still kind of showing bits of it mm. and showing reaction of people reacting to other things as if it was them reacting to that was just a bit. You'd like to think that, that next year, when it starts to come round, a lot of kind of like what should happen or would be nice is if all the nominees basically. If they announced they were going to do the same thing again, if all the nominees went, I'm not coming if it's not all. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. And just together, did a group thing of going, we're not going. All nominees will not be attended. Mm. It, it, it was just, it, it, was, it was brutal. It was so weird in the moment, just reading tweets saying, oh, Dune, you know, Dune in the end of the day ended up fucking winning the most Oscars by like double. Yeah. And you know, and, and it was all like off screen. Yeah. Um, it, it just fucking bizarre because Dune came out with six in the end. Didn't six, it? yeah. Man, crazy. That's just just crazy. Um, yeah, it won score, sound, production design, cinematography, uh, uh, editing, and visual effects. Yeah, yeah. I, like like we said in Oscarvation, if Dune Part Two is received well, that motherfucker is going to be like odds on for Best Picture that year. Villeneuve, like, I mean, how he wasn't nominated for Best Director this year, I don't know. Considering all of that, like, it is it is crazy that a film that wins that many Oscars, technical Oscars doesn't even get nominated for the for the guy who kind of like like helped marshal that all together mm. like that's 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 something but yeah it kind of feels like dune part two if that's out in 2024 the 2025 oscars it's gonna be all dune part two yeah yeah i'd say so if, if it lands well yeah. which yeah i you know i think it will won't it, it like Villeneuve's like proved himself there's, there's no reason to think it won't I think mm-hmm. but yeah shit show um, sad bit of news that just broke today before we started recording and it, like not wholly unexpected though um, Bruce Willis has announced that he's retiring from acting um, so he has got a condition so you know they're, they're there had been rumours mm. that he was basically doing all these roles because he just needed to make money because he had some sort of condition and that's that that was true. So he has aphasia, which essentially makes it increasingly difficult for him to un, uh, like to comprehend speech and verbalise it which is fucking brutal for an actor you know I mean like my word combination of disease and profession there yeah like I mean awful awful um and you know it does put in perspective like you you know obviously we did like the Bruce Willis VOD trailer of the week thing but you know to be fair on like on sight of it without knowing it is just what the fuck is he doing you know, and it, it does look like he just wants all the money in the world. Now it does make sense because he probably lives quite a lavish lifestyle, and now he's going to have to sustain that for the next twenty, thirty years on on nothing but passive income. Mm. So, yeah, do you know what? 
Yeah, if, if he wanted to, 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 to pump out in a three or four year period, wanted to pump out a load of things where he'd get paid a shitload of money, why not? Fine. You know, yeah, I, 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 I don't doubt that Bruce Willis is doing okay for himself anyway, but fuck it. Why not? Caused it. It's saying that it's most commonly caused by strokes. It, it, yeah, it's, it could be. I don't know. It, yeah, it's that there are a variety. I think there was kind of like a rumor around a few years back that he had, had suffered a mild stroke. Right. And like, but it all speculation, but the two, like, it's interesting that those, those two are there. But yeah, I mean, it. it Rough, you know. It's it's sad that we will probably never get Bruce Willis actually acting in a good movie again. Yeah, yeah. So, it is actually. Yeah. yeah, it'd be. You know, I mean, if that's literally him done now, then it would suggest that it's it's been kept very secret. Because I think if not, you would have thought somebody would have gone. No, we want you. This should be your last movie. Mm. Yeah, quite well. Yeah, or I don't know. Maybe he's just not getting the offers. Like, because I, 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 I don't know. I mean, like he was in Glass, you know. I mean, like he was still okay. To, and Moonrise, uh, not Moonrise Kingdom. Well, he was in Moonrise Kingdom. But I'm thinking of Motherless Brooklyn. Um, so he turn up for these things. It'd be, it'd be nice if he just had one more good role. But hey, you know, it is it is what it is. I, I, I it's cool that the statement was signed by like Demi and their kids and whatnot as well. Like that's, 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 that's nice. You know, it, it, we were talking about Ben Affleck and JLo in, uh, in the flesh and blood bit. Um, how do we connect, uh, flesh and blood and Ben Affleck and JLo $2 a month and you'll find out. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it's, it's nice kind of seeing those kind of relationships reform and whatnot. You know, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It's my 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 sister was a summer camp, like did a summer a summer camp in the U.S. where Rumor Willis was one of like the attendees, and um, Bruce and Demi visited her fairly regularly, and apparently he was fucking lovely. He, um, he, he, and he it's like a bad story, wasn't it really? Yeah, I mean, like, like you know, a bit prickly and difficult with directors, but apparently, once you kind of prove that you know your shit with him, then you know he's all right. He just kind of puts you to the test because he wants to see if you're actually any good. Like that was the difficulty that Kevin Smith had with him because, like, apparently Bruce Willis asked him a question about lenses, and Kevin Smith was like, "I haven't got a fucking clue." And then from there on, Bruce Willis didn't like him. But there is a part of me that kind of goes like, "Well." If other directors would know the answers to that question, Kevin Smith, maybe that's a problem with you. I well, don't know. Well, Kevin Smith has, um, has, has actually, you know, since admitted that, you know, that that he he, he, that he didn't think Bruce Willis was an arsehole, he just thought he was difficult to work with, but that maybe he was part of the problem. Yeah, so, yeah, there you go. But it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad thinking that we won't get one more good performance out of Bruce Willis I mean believe me I'm not sad that we'll probably never get Die Hard 6 out of him mm. um, but yeah uh, so that kind of feels like a good place to wrap up movie news so should we should we talk some trailers uh, what have we had this week guys um, there's been a couple I think hasn't there 
what have we got? There's been a new Top Gun trailer. Yeah, yeah, there has. I'm really excited for this. Uh, where anti vaxxers favourite uh, Miles Teller actually appeared in this one. Is he an anti vaxxer It would be great. Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. I liked Miles Teller. Yeah. It'd be great if he plays. It was all shot beforehand. Ah, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's been shot like twenty years, hasn't it? Yeah, like like, I think they completed like photography on this in like twenty eighteen or something insane like that. Like because like because I remember there was quite a long period between it completing photography and it actually coming out initially. Um, I mean, so yeah, I mean, Top Gun Maverick. It comes out in May. And then I think that is the last pre-pandemic film to come out. Morbius and Top Gun Maverick, I think, are the two. Yeah. Um, and we, we, we get to meet Doctor. Well, we get to meet Doctor Michael Morbius this weekend. Nah, it won't happen. <laughs> Yeah, it just, it just, there's just a lot of inserts of missing real, missing real, missing yeah. real, where it isn't bits from the trailer. All, all of the, so, all of the film like files that have been sent out to cinemas will be like mysteriously corrupted, <laughs> and it'll all get wiped, and there'll be no like original copy, and then that'll be it. That'll be the end of the Morbius experiment. <laughs> so Noel's going to see it tomorrow. So like, is he going to like have an opinion on it, and then we're we're just going to go like, no, you didn't. It doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> stop making shit up, Noel. <laughs> of course, Noel. It was. I know we're talking about Top Gun, but we like in the boy chat the other day, Noel was saying like how much he's looking forward to like going to see a Marvel film and just knowing it doesn't need to be connected to anything else, and it probably be a little bit shit, and it'll just be like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> you know, just like the it is the least stakes Marvel film in a long time, like a long, long time. I, I yeah, I mean, man, it it just it feels such of a piece of the between X Men and Iron Man Marvel films, yeah. where it was like they just they just shit out an Electra. <laughs> you know, it feels it feels like one of them. Yeah. Like, it feels like we should have already watched it 20 years ago. <laughs> Straight up, yeah, yeah. And th- th- I, I don't know, but there's a part of me, it's just like, let's fucking go. It's going to be embarrassing to see how they connect it to the wi- the, like, the wider Sony Marvel verse, even though, like, apparently the, 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 the scuttlebutt is that they've basically cut out pretty much all references to Spider-Man and whatnot, and Michael Keaton now only appears in a, uh, like, credits scene because oh thanks man because they're that worried about um uh, like of it kind of like sullying the reputation of the the sony pictures mcu or spumku <laughs> as as i think it should be known when you're worried that a, that a film is going to ruin the reputation of the venom movies <laughs> <laughs> yeah how bad must it be you imagine Tom Hardy just like saying like just sending a furious message to the studio head thanks on going um I just saw a rough cut of Morbius and you need to put a stop to this I cannot besmirch Venom I have a, I have a story by credit on Venom I must be respected <laughs> I am Venom like, yeah no yeah it, 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 
that's brilliant. And he just starts writing in his email. No, Tom, tell them they can't do that. Tell them I will eat them. The email just finishes with yum yum. Bang, send. Yeah, yeah. All these sudden texts going, he really is method, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, oh, hell yeah, hell yeah. Oh, God, I can't wait. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's Ogden Maverick. Fuck it, like, apparently Paramount are fucking convinced that this is going to destroy at the box office. And that's why they keep on holding it and holding it. Because they're like, if we release this in a situation where everybody feels comfortable going to the cinema, it's going to make all the money in the world. Um, and you watch is. this and it's just like, yeah, it probably will. Yeah. It, 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 like on an IMAX screen, this thing is going to fuck. It is. It looks like the story is paper thin. <laughs> oh, yeah. How are they? How are they going to explain a war without drones? Yeah. <laughs> Literally, though, it should be. Why are we sending out the drones? Ooh, funny story. Michael Bay's using them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And everyone just goes, "Damn it, Bay!" <laughs> Michael Bay is shooting ten ambulance sequels at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, looks good. I'm, I'm fucking. I'm pumped for Top Gun Maverick. Like it, it's going to be a fantastic three point five out of five. Yes, it, it, it has three point five out of five just written all over it, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, what else have we got? Um, the Minions sequel, which seems like it's been released fifteen years after Minions came out. <laughs> after anyone stopped being interested in them. Oh, I, I, I don't know. Like this, this trailer's probably going to be in front of Sonic Two this weekend, and Lots is going to be fucking excited. That's it. They're releasing kids, so man, be in front of Sonic Two, aren't they? Yeah, uh, kids love stupid shit. Yeah. And do you know what? I it's not my thing, but I'm fine with the minions being a thing. Yeah, not gonna. No one's gonna force us to watch it, are they? So it's fine. Well, you'll probably get the first trailer for the Mario film in front of uh, Minions 2 because it's an Illumination film. Oh, God, that's this year, isn't it, Mario? Hell yeah. Christmas, baby. Yeah. Uh, what was that one, Vex, you watched? What one that I watched? Yeah. Choose or Die. You watched it too. Yeah, but you like to look at that. <laughs> no, I just thought, I was like, did I watch it on my own? Did yeah. I imagine you being here? Um. Yeah, some some old school game that they... It's basically like a dark Jumanji reboot, isn't it? Like, like the whole kind of, oh, we found an old game, let's play it. And then, but it turns out to be like Deathly. Yes. So you have to make choices based on things in the game, but the game reads the real world around you. Yes. Yeah, so it's interesting. Netflix films are, isn't it? Yes. So it'll be easy to watch. Yes. So there's that. You look less impressed. I just, I, I just, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm a little bit like, it's gonna be, Jesus, sorry, <laughs> it's gonna be um, ninety minutes, and I'm probably gonna be bored for most of them. Yeah. 
don't know. Looks intriguing at least. Uh, I, think, I don't think I've got any more. No. That I can think of. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's talk about that bloody ambulance then. Oh, my word. Directed by Michael Bay. Starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, Isa Gonzalez, and others. Ambulance. So, a former soldier is looking for work and looking for money. He can't get the money to pay for treatment his wife needs for cancer, I believe it is. Uh, It says oncology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, His uh, brother, uh, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, is a noted bank robber and says, come join me in a cheeky little bank robbery and, you know, you'll get some money. And uh, through uh, circumstances, they end up uh, evading the cops in an ambulance along with... uh, uh, ambulance paramedic played by Aza Gonzalez and a cop who was shot by one of the brothers so Becky did you enjoy your ride in the ambulance um yeah it's it's I mean it's a Michael Bay movie so it's it's high adrenaline and it's fairly watchable um I don't think it's doing anything particularly complex, but it's fun. So, yeah, really. I really. What? What? Sorry. No, no, you just said it's not doing anything particularly complex. <laughs> and it was like, what? Sorry. <laughs> it's it's weird seeing... Like, I, I always kind of, in my brain, think of Jake Gyllenhaal as being a fairly, like, serious guy who does serious films. And then when you see him in, like, a Michael Bay movie, you're like, oh, that's a choice that was made. But he probably does do less... Thinky stuff, don't they? What? Nothing. He does whatever the fuck he wants to do, says old Jakey G. <laughs> I don't know, I think the last couple of um, Jake Gyllenhaal movies I've watched was um, Demolition and Prisoners. And then this is a bit of a switch up for my, my current mental kind of opinion of him. <laughs> nice. Mark. Yes. What, what what did you think of ambulance? Um, I mean, I thought it was fucking great. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed it. It was, um, it, 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 I thought maybe not quite to the same level, but it's very close to just speed levels of yeah. relentless mm. um, kind of pacing. An enjoyment and just right. This is a proper fucking action thriller we're watching here. It's, yeah. it, it's not. It's not getting too bogged down in the you know the, the fluff of constant tech and bits like that. Mm. It is just a. It's a really simple premise. Yeah, it's a good comparison actually because the in the same way that speed lives and dies on the back of the relationship between Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock this this lives or dies off the back of the relationship between Yaya and Jakey mm. and their their pattern is, is really good yeah it it, it it adds a warmth to the film that otherwise would just be a fairly dumb action movie 
Yeah, it, it, it's. Um, I think it, it, I'm kind of at that point now with Michael Bay where I think it might be about time. I think Ambulance is kind of doing that, where um, where people might have to start admitting that actually he's a good director. <laughs> he's good at what he does. Yeah. Yeah, but but that's it. He's not trying to do anything else. Mm. You know, he, he's not decided to do like a. He's not gone. Do you know what I need to do? It'll be taken more seriously. I need to do something, something like the King's Speech, something like that, <laughs> to really sit down. You know, one camera drama. I need yeah. to do that. No, he, he he makes Michael Bay movies. Yeah. But you know, they're you know, Ambulance is really good. Pain and Gain was really good, and I, I very. Very, very much like the fact that in the opening ten minutes of this movie, Michael Bay references two of his own movies. Oh, Bad Boys and the Rock. Bad Boys and the Rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was quite good. I didn't realise the Rock was Michael Bay. Yeah, it's just there's a there's a bravo, well well played, Michael. <laughs> Remind people of just how fucking big your balls are. <laughs> it's it's glorious, but yeah, it's it's. Re- it's, it's ridiculously fun. Mm. Um, it, it, it's, it's maybe a touch over long, but in the same way as speed is maybe a touch over long. Um, but it's still really entertaining throughout. Uh, simple premise, yeah. but backed up by really good central performances. And that's what you need. But, the, but even that, it isn't all... In the ambulance, you know the opening, the opening heist, as you will, yeah, um, is really quite good and quite well done, and lasts a lot longer than you think it's gonna. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's. I. I mean, I had a great deal of fun with it. Um, I do think it ever so slightly runs out of steam towards the end, like the. The, the kind of like the sojourn in the um kind of like the, I don't know like that that hideout where they park the car and then they have, they have that shootout mm. that kind of almost feels like okay I get it you're having an action scene that's not in the ambulance but where you've got that then they're fucking back on the run again yeah and then you know it's like let's I don't know did did we actually need that or did the the bit where they arrive at the hospital need to actually take that long because by that point it's like come on we kind of know how this is going to play out um so i mean because I, mean, I, th- I think it's about i think it's two hours 16 yeah so i added i add in my head okay it's going to be about two hours five with like 11 minutes of credits and then apparently the credits at the end are three minutes long <laughs> jesus um yeah, but yeah, um, which I th- in a way I suppose makes sense because, you know, a lot of it looks like it was done practically. Not, you know, there are visual effects, some of which Michael Bay doesn't like, which you know we could we could talk about. Um, but it does, and it, you know, it was made in COVID times, so to be fair, probably just not a lot of people actually worked on this film, like compared in in relative terms. But so this is the thing. It's like I'm internally in my head. I'm like it'll be a little bit over two hours. So the fact it's more like it's closer to two and a quarter. 
I definitely felt that. But from like Mateen meeting Gyllenhaal up to like the moment they kind of arrive at that place, it was fucking singing. Like it it was really going all out. There's like an hour and forty five minutes in this film where you barely take a breath. Yeah, it, and it, it rules. It, yeah, it, its pacing is absolutely just. It is thundering along, and it just—it's so smart that when the cop enters the bank, they've already like taken all the hostages and kind of like done all you know done all that stuff. Like you've cut out that stuff that didn't really need to be there. Yeah, and I, I, you know, just a very, very smart bit of like, okay, let's just get to the meat of it, mm. yeah, and, and then it's just go, 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 go. You know, it. it uh, I thought, yeah, that, that 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 was really interesting. I mean, it just like you say, it's unfilmed to Michael Bay, like all like completely, but it also, you know, there's 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 nothing that necessarily feels problematic here, like. What's a good Michael Bay, like, jokey bit? Have Garrett Dillahunt in a car with a massive fucking dog. That'll do. Yeah. A tiny clown car as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that that's the kind of, like, universal, goofy Michael Bay humour. Mm. You know, the, he, he has done before, but sometimes he just gets a bit ahead of himself and it turns into... Uh, racist robots in Transformers <laughs> 3 or whichever one it was you know like it, it's it, he, he just goes too far here I think he actually got that that particular kind of tone spot on like the fucking I think she was like Greek woman who um who's like um in charge of like coordinating all the stuff for the police and she's just completely no fucking nonsense I liked her as well yeah, but I, I um, and, literally seconds ago I like her <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's no, it's great. It's it's it's, it's fucking great. Uh, but I mean, Jakey G as well. Like he just, he's just having fun. He just does what he wants. He, it feels like a lot of it could have just been fucking made up on the spot. Um, and just that whole thing about like earlier on when he's um saying that guy looks like who's it? He's Brave heart. like. <laughs> Mel Gibson. Right, that, that, yeah, yeah, doesn't he look like Mel Gibson? <laughs> it's just like, no, he doesn't. You fucking know Gyllenhaal and Bay just thought that shit would be funny. Let's just see how it plays out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Abdul Mateen had no idea that he was about to call the guy Mel Gibson. The fact that he's just like, hey, yeah. hey, Mel, come over here. <laughs> My name's not Mel. Like, it's clearly like a thing that he does. And then later on, he's like, he's like, seriously, you're gonna leave me here with Mel Gibson? <laughs> oh, it's fucking great, and because you got Jake Gyllenhaal doing that, and then Yahya Abdul Mateen is uh, the second is just giving this grounded, earthy, yeah. like, like, I need, I need to make money for my family performance, and it, and like, it's chalk and cheese, and it works really fucking well. Like, they are really engaging together. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's a fucking fun original, well, no, it's, I mean, it's a remake of a foreign language film, but, like, compared to 
everything else these days original fucking action film yeah I, I, had, a, I had a proper laugh out loud moment that nobody else laughed at didn't they which one the you did it uh, a couple of times pub? you did it a couple of times yeah yeah I think all that stood out was the uh, right take out a piece of paper and write fuck you on it <laughs> <laughs> for some reason John Hall's delivery of that killed me <laughs> It was almost like a weird moment for me. Yeah. It feels like Jake Michael Bay just showed Jake Gyllenhaal that gif of him doing the goodbye thing and was like, play that extrapolated out into a bad guy. Yeah. That energy, just be that as a bad guy. And Jake Gyllenhaal was like, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, the, the, uh, you know, the, we, we've used it a few times. Jake Hall understood the assignment <laughs> for this. Like, I reckon, you know, when he, when, he, when he goes to the bank robbery and he's there in the the, the, the roll neck sweater and the in the suit. Yeah, I get the feeling that they all turned up. With like, they all went to costume, and they were all supposed to get get dressed up in like kind of like, like almost like tactical stuff. And Jill Hall just went to the went to the went to costume people. I got this. <laughs> and then just turned up and bay just looked at him and went, You got this, JK. And he's like, I know. <laughs> oh, the bit where she sprays him with the fire extinguisher as well. And she's like, He's like, This is Kashmir! <laughs> Kashmir! Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's getting delightfully close to John Travolta in taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3. Yeah. It, it, um, it, it, it really is. But in like, it had just the best way as fuck where. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's not a fucking dig. Jake, John Travolta in Taking a Pelham One Two Three is one of the underrated villain performances. It, understanding the assignment, yeah, fucking, he was the assignment. He understood it that much. He just became it. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal was doing that in Ambulance, um, and just like that, that whole. Th- because it is weird. Like, why is he dressed like that when the others are all dressed? It's like, <laughs> wow. I mean, he looks great, but why is he dressed like that? And then it's like, he's a bank manager. And it just, it's fascinating yeah. that in Michael Bay and Jake Gyllenhaal's minds, they're like, this is what bank managers dress like. It's, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it, it's really not. No. Um, the, the only, the only, the only thing I could think of, because they were all dressed a little bit different. The only thing I could think of uh, for the reason, because I did think it's weird that they're all dressed that differently, mm. is that it was intentional they were dressed differently so it didn't seem odd when they went into the bank. They went in from the underground parking. Yeah, but they, 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 yeah, the underground parking still takes you into the bank through the retail level. It doesn't take you in through the back entrance mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's just a bank that has... A, or maybe it was so they didn't look odd when they all left. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I yeah. can think of. But like, they're, they're ribbing the guy about wearing um, sandals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, I did also like the the one scummy guy who gets his legs run over. Yeah, that's, that's the sandals guy. Who runs over his leg. And he's just, yeah, and he's just like, you ran over my legs! <laughs> you know, and then... He's never seen again. It's like, oh, he's dead then. Yeah, it, it, oh, yeah, and he yeah, out I, from underneath the thing and he's all squished. It, it's the what is it guy? Yeah. Uh, from Deep Water. 
Deep Water. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Nice yeah. <laughs> He's made two appearances back to back on yeah. Bastards. It's <laughs> bizarre. But yeah, I just um and God, okay, so the drones. So if this I kinda wish this film was in three D to see how many times you'd throw up during it. <laughs> but the just like there is a moment in that underground car park where they I I wanna say they're dragging something and talking and the drone goes through the like through like through a door, like in a space, goes through a door, goes round them while they're talking, and then back loops back round to them in a fucking car park. And just how many times does it go up a building and then just swoop back Back down down it yeah it's just straight to the floor oh my it's fucking great like what are you doing bae you what can you imagine watching it for the X the the seat's just leading just perfectly forward yeah yeah Jesus your face touching the carpet you'd need a special rig wouldn't you (laughs) oh yeah it just, it, like, he fuck, it, like, I, I don't love all of Michael Bay's films, no. but when he's just like, give me a bit of money, I'm bored, it's COVID times, let's just see who wants to play. Yeah. Great. Apparently he, fuck, he, he only great. signed up to it because Jake Gyllenhaal was involved. That rules. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, Jake Gyllenhaal has been... I remember when he was being interviewed for The Guilty last year and like somebody asked him a question about like working with directors and whatnot and he specifically called out and I just worked with Michael Bay and that guy is just an author. He is brilliant. And I love the the, the like the respect there. Do, do you know what would know be great? If Michael Bay decided, do you know what? I'm just gonna. I, there is a Tony Scott shaped hole in cinema at the moment, and I reckon I can fill it. And Jake Gyllenhaal can be my Denzel. Oh my god! And just like uh, every what, what, every three years, three or four years, we get a new Michael Bay Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Great. I mean that that. <laughs> Yeah, why? Why the fuck not? Like it. it, it yeah. It, the thing is that that makes that makes more sense. If every like three or four years we get a fifty to eighty million pound budget, Michael Bay and Jake Gyllenhaal maybe. The Gyllenhaal Bay universe. Yeah, the Gyllenhaal. <laughs> oh, the Gyllenhaal. I like that. It would be I, it, because it, this is it, it, it's 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 Scott esque. Yeah. Actually, yeah. It, yeah. And the thing is, when when Bay starting off, you know, the, the the Rock and Bad Boys are Scott esque films. Mm. But then, you know, he started doing things like The Island and the Transformers movies. And they weren't really Tony Scotty. No, God, can you imagine Tony Scott making a Transformers movie? I can, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't be like that. It, it would, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Am I correct in thinking, or have I imagined that in one of the Transformers movies, one of the Transformers got dangly balls? Yeah. Which yeah. one's that? The second one, I believe. Why has he got dangly Two. balls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? 
Because why not? Yeah, I mean, that's literally the reason. Because why not? What is he like? A wrecking ball vehicle that transforms into a dolphin? Look, I mean, okay. This right. So this this is the thing, right? I mean, like the Transformers films are fascinating because the first one comes out after Michael Bay makes like his first flop ever. He he makes the island. He's kind of got his tail between his legs, and. Steven Spielberg was like relatively hands-on with the first Transformers and was like, it's a story about a boy in its car. And it's, you know, it's got Michael Bayisms all over the shop, but it is relatively restrained in those isms. Yes. Transformers is then so big that with Transformers 2, it's like, right, this is the Michael Bay show now. And what do you get with that? A near three-hour runtime and a fucking dinosaur with swinging balls wrecking the pyramids. <laughs> I need to go back and rewatch Adventure the Fall. It's like, the, the, yeah, I mean, the, the, but the thing is, it's like rewatching those Transformers films is a lot better idea in your head than it is actually doing. Oh it. God, yeah, I absolutely reckon it will be. But yeah, it, it, you know, it's I, I, fast, I mean, they're, they're they're fucking fascinating. Oh God, I remember being so disappointed by Revenge of the Fallen. Like, because I I really really like Transformers, and we did like a test screening of a print of Revenge of the Fallen, and it just went on for so long that I remember being given uh, a lift um, back uh, by one of the managers, like back home, and it was getting light. <laughs> And it was like, oh god, I've been watching. I was watching Transformers for so long that it's. And to be fair, it was summer, but it was like, oh god, this, this is this is what I'm doing with my life now. Even though, to be fair, some of the best times of my life, fucking working to the, in the cinema, watching a film at fucking midnight, getting home at like three in the morning, and having a couple of beers, going home, and then not waking up till like eleven or twelve. Like, good good times to be alive, but. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, oh man, but yeah, just um, good, good on Michael Bay. He's he's found he's he's found his place here, and it's not like thirteen hours or whatever the fuck the the John Krasinski soldier film that he did. Like that, no, that's not your place. Ambulance is your place. <laughs> Let's do ambulance. Yeah. It's definitely not shit. Definitely not shit. Uh, yeah, definitely not shit. Really, really, really good film, I thought. Do you know what I'd really like to see from from Aza Gonzalez? What? I would like her to do a role where she's not playing like a sassy hard ass with a heart of gold. Just, just a, just a girl. Who's just a girl? And what else have actually? What I've actually seen her in? She's in. Um, Baby Driver. Yeah, Baby Driver. She's in... Oh, yeah. Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Bloodshot. Godzilla vs. Kong. <laughs> uh, does she play Kong? <laughs> she plays one of Kong's balls, apparently, yeah. Wow. Ball, ball two. Right, okay, cool. Left cool, cool. angle. Nice. Yeah, uh, our audience poll... Definitely shit forty three percent, and shit fifty seven percent. That's weird. I care a lot. Wasn't on that list that you were just looking at. No, was it? she was. She was. Um, 
What's the face? He's Rosie Pike's girlfriend. Oh, of course she was, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was that? I care a lot. She was Rosie Pike's girlfriend, wasn't she? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, wow. CS3P Combat. Player one, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. <laughs> but anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. Also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. Just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just in English. That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four or five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. They're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, The Dark Knight has got like all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, it's like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do the hustle. Oh dear. That was beautiful. <laughs> oh, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie me. We'll see. We'll see if I remember. Or cut it out and then put it in at the end. <laughs> <laughs> that's too much work like a post credit <laughs> I just leave like two minutes of silence yeah. and it's just me doing that people are just looking yeah, like it's gone silent but he's still running what the hell and then you just do that uh, I quite enjoy that idea actually <laughs> oh man my dressing gown smells amazing oh you got your house coat oh, on dear. again yeah man yeah yeah my house coat yeah exactly <laughs> No, I got um, I got some Tom Ford body spray the other day. Of course you did. Um, yeah, of course I did. <laughs> and I sprayed it on while I had my house coat on. So now my house coat just smells like this body spray. 
Amazing. Oh, oh, it's badass. Ombre Leather by Tom Ford. That sounds it's good. That sounds pretty good. Do you want, do you want us to send yeah, you like a box uh, of cigars? No, we're getting into like Jimmy Savile territory if you've got the house cut, the velvet oh, slippers Jesus and the cigars. Oh, Christ, you? yeah. That was the trailer we watched. Oh, it was yeah. the trailer we watched, yeah. The very British horror or whatever it's called. Yeah. Oh, I... Is is that is that like a straight just like one off documentary or is it a series? Yeah, one off documentary. Yeah. Oh, it looks. It honestly looks hauntingly. It's scary. a really well put together yeah. trailer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure I need that in my life. No, I think that's. I think that was exactly what I said to you on effects after it finished. Are you not bothered for watching it? No, I'll watch it. I just don't think I need it in my life. <laughs> like the work of Paul Verhoeven <laughs> actually no that's being uncharitable to Paul Verhoeven yeah right let's talk some what we've been watching uh, guys you, you, the floor is yours Bex um, I have watched a couple on my own actually yeah well, go me yeah exciting times so yeah. I watched after after Demolition came on uh, Star a bit back and I looked at it and thought Oh, I'd really like to watch that. And then Mark watched it the same day without me. Because you didn't like it when you first watched it. No, I fucking didn't. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I've been waiting for the opportunity <laughs> and the inclination to, because it's not exactly like a laugh riot, is it, yeah. uh, to watch it. So I watched that on my own. It's it's really kind of like... So we're, we're simultaneously watching, well, Will Smith's life unfold. Friends season whatever it is where Ross has a breakdown and I watch Demolition and it's all it, there's all there's a whole like pattern there in there of just men having <laughs> breakdowns. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think it's the whole like processing grief kind of side of it and the fact that he you know, that he turns to like an outside source essentially in Naomi Watts' character to to, to kind of go through it with it's like a, as like a, a objective third party really is what she is to start off with isn't she um, I just think it's I think it's a really interesting study on how people process that kind of emotion yeah yeah no, I, I, I totally I think it's fantastic yeah yeah um, <laughs> and then while, while you guys were watching the Oscars the first part of it because obviously I had to go to bed because I was at work but I watched Cujo, and honestly, expected it to be a bit shit because I think Stephen, it's it's one of those books, is Cujo that was that was from the deep dark depths of Stephen King's alcoholic stage of his life, and he, even he admits he doesn't remember writing it at all. Was it one of his card books? It was one of his booze books. Which I think you can probably read as code for one of his code books, yeah. Um, it's it's actually a really fucking good film. I think sometimes when you watch older films, the acting styles are very of their time, aren't they? Like, um, there's a whole trend at the moment where people don't really have to speak coherently. It's just accepted that, that you don't necessarily understand everything everyone says, and that's really irritating. But sometimes when you watch, like older films the the acting feels really odd because that's just how it was then but it's not how it is now mm. um but d- 
D Wallace, is it? Yeah. Um, he's yeah. fucking great in Cujo. I think it's it's a really kind of good performance of how a parent would probably react to a hysterical child in that kind of high stress situation. She's not, you know, initially she's very sympathetic and she's like, oh, come on, come on, you're all right, you're all right, blah, 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 everything's fine. And then she just, um, she kind of snaps at him at one point and is, is basically like, just shut up. And there's a bit where he starts, because he's, he's, he starts having seizures because he's so dehydrated. Um, and he has one and she sorts him out, blah, 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 and she's like cuddling him. And then the dog attacks again. Um, and he's like screaming and stuff. And the dog's reacting to the noise because it's got the rabies. And um, I think it, it hurts to hear loud noises, doesn't it, when, when they've got rabies. Um and then the kid stops screaming and starts having a seizure and she's just like, oh God, not now. <laughs> and it's it's just, it feels quite relatable and natural. The bit where she she's just like, fuck off dog when she finally gets the car started and then it stalls again is, is also good. Um, but yeah, I was, I was pleasantly surprised by how good it actually was. The oh. husband's annoying though. And I really don't see the appeal of St. Bernard's. They're really ugly dogs. There's a lot of them as well. Yeah, they're quite dangerous, aren't they? The thing is, you've got to feel a bit sorry for Cujo as well. Because, like... I mean, he was trying to murderise a rabbit. That's not his fucking fault. He was trying to murderise a rabbit, and that's why his head was in the hole in the first place. But then he gets bitten by a lot of bats. Bloody bats. Twats. Stupid fucking twat bats. <laughs> twat bats, love it. Uh, but yeah, that's me. They're the only ones I've done on my own. Do we watch anything else together this week? Uh, no. No, we didn't, did we? No. No. Uh, I've got a few uh, uh, solo ones there. Have we watched Young Guns? Hell <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a really fun movie, <laughs> Young Guns. Um, you know, you've got it. it you know, it's like a it's a it's a Brat Pack western. <laughs> But it very much feels like a Brat Pack Western. At no point does any of them any of them feel like they're actually involved in the West. They very much feel like you're watching, you know, Emilio Estevez playing a character in a Western. It's it's so odd. It's just Does he too look like he's seen a mobile phone? But does he no, too but no, but they all look like they all look like <laughs> they have had a shower that morning. <laughs> yeah, they all look like sure. they, they yeah. all look like they're, they're they're going to get to have a nice meal that night. Yeah, yeah, their clothes are getting washed. It's yeah, they it's even in the perilous moments they seem to all be having a fun smiley time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's but it is quite fun. Um, it's the weird thing is that I was watching going, what, what's it going? You can really, really, really tell. Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen are brothers. Like, you can really tell. Yeah. yeah. In this. It's such a... But it, it, it still stands up, like, what, 34 years later. It's just kind of like a a very fun throwaway western. Good. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I 
like a good western. Jack Palance is just a bad guy, just playing just the most Jack Palancey of bad guys. It's not quite at the level of when he's a bad guy in Tango and Cash. Uh, where he has an actual lair. Nice. Um, but it's, it's, it's not far off it. Oh, I love a film with a lair. Bad guys should have lairs more often. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, he has a proper lair in Tango and Cash. I feel like old school Bond villains always have a good lair. Yeah, but I, I want Hell yeah, you expect for Bond. Yeah. I want the action movies where, where you don't expect to lair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a bit, going back to Tango and Cash, a movie that I didn't watch, but I'm going to review anyway. <laughs> Jack Palance's character is so malevolently evil in that, that he has like this really big like table with this rat fucking maze in it just to make one metaphor to a guy. <laughs> it's like, did you have that built just in case you ever had to make this metaphor? It's a brilliant film with Sanguin Cash. Um, what else did I watch? Uh, I watched The Whole Nine Yards. I've seen that. Yes, you have. Sweet. Mild mannered dentist. I don't remember it. Well, you've seen it. Because uh, I watched it with you. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of from that that late sort of 90s, early noughties um, pool of films that was coming out that were going right. We're not going to. Then we have no special effects because because we're, we're going to be the ones that sort of sneak in around the big special effects movies that were coming out at the time. Um, and it was when Bruce Willis was going, "I really want to just be funny <laughs> in things." Um, I think he does a good line in Dead Panner, isn't he? He does. He, he's very good in in this in Dead Panner because he plays essentially like he plays um, a, a a mafia hitman. Mm. Who essentially has moved to Canada um, when he's been released from prison after essentially ratting on his boss, uh, and Matthew Perry's dentist character who lives next door to him recognizes it. Yeah. But then you've got like all these intertwining stories running over the top of it. Um, <laughs> Amanda P is uh, absolutely adorable, but incredibly funny in it. Yeah. Uh, but it's just. It's it's just a really fun. Uh, is she wife? What? Is she his wife? No. Matthew Perry's wife. No. Oh. Um, that's Patricia Arquette. I'm sorry, Rosanna Arquette. Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's it's just one of those really fun like adult comedies, but I don't mean like sexy comedies. Sexy comedies. <laughs> although Amanda Peet is topless at one point, and it's rather delightful. Um, what? I'm gonna say it. Perfect. I don't care. Uh, but Bruce Willis is very good at it. Matthew Perry is very good at putting his character in it. It's zany enough, and it is. It's under a hundred minutes. It gets in, gets its shit done, gets the fuck out. Nice. Um, and then I watched. Uh, can you guess what I watched after the whole nine yards? Oh God! Didn't even know there was a sequel. Was it? Yeah. Guess what the sequel's called? No, sorry, let's play a game. Bex, guess what the sequel's called? Is it the whole ten yards? It is not ten yards. Hell yeah. Which makes zero sense. That's not even like a thing. But I kind of like the fact that it has that that element to it. Yeah, so I rewatched uh I say rewatched, yes, I did rewatch it because I've seen it before. Uh, the whole ten yards. 
Um, which is nowhere near as charming as the whole nine yards, but still manages to get away with it. But Bruce Willis seems like he's almost laughing about how just fucking stupid he's been with the character. I'm sorry. Is Bruce Willis's character's name in these movies Jimmy the Tulip? Yes. Okay. Because he used to send a tulip um, to the family of the victims of people that he assassinated. Wow. Yeah. Sweet. Like a thing, like the wet bandits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, the whole ten yards is is fun, but it is very much a it's a sequel to a film that had done really well and was quite popular that happened like four years later that nobody was asking for. And that just decides to be a bit more stupid. A bit like Get Shorty and then the sequel Get Shorty. Is that called Get Shorter? I can't want to see what Get Shorty is. I think it's just Get Shorty 2. Is it? Be cool. Get Shorty again. Be cool, that's it. Of course it is, yeah. Oh man, Get Shorty is a fun movie actually as well. Um. Can I can I ask what's happening in the background? Um, it feels like somebody's like throwing bottle caps around. Not far off it, the cat is chasing one of his toys that has other bells attached to it. Because, is it really loud? Because nobody's paying attention to it. Uh, can I can I just ask? It's not super distracting to me, but if it's distracting to you, can you reply with the hashtag to the film bastard's Twitter account hashtag Cat Bellend. Yes. <laughs> Because he is. Do you want me to take it off? Yeah, I'll take it off. I mean, he'll be sad. Like, so he'll be sad, he'll just be angry and do something else. Yeah, the, the squeaky mouse. The thing is, if it, if, if it doesn't annoy the listeners, then absolutely fair enough, and I can work through it, but I, I'm i just putting it out there. Do you want me to cut the bells off it and just literally cat. ruin his life? No, don't cut the bell off it. Just, just... No, but this is the thing I don't, like, I don't want to do. I'm saying, keep it on him for this show. But let's see if uh, and like how many mentions we get with that hashtag. <laughs> um, so the final film I watched on my own. Oh God! <laughs> I forgot you'd watch this. What? Oh, I love you. So I didn't actually realise that this also had Matt Perry in it and the, that Matthew Perry in it. So I watched like three Matthew Perry movies and a lot of TV shows with him. Yeah. Um, I rewatched Seventeen again. Hell yeah! Have you seen Seventeen again? That's a good movie. Right. Seven, no. Yeah, I think I, I think I test screened it back yeah. in the day. Yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. Is, I remember when I watched it like years ago, like over a decade ago when it first came out. I remember going, "Do you know what? That was fine. That was fun enough. I had a good time with it." This time I watched it. It's fucking great. It's, you know, the whole idea of it being that, you know, it's this mystical fucking quest saviour that that, that sort of drags him back to being 17 again. Um, But it's not like going back into his 17-year-old body. He's just a 17-year-old kid again. And then you've got the... A great shot of him with Thomas Lennon. uh, With just all these books and comic books just sort of... Spread out on a table, and something is there going. I mean, it's either this or this or this, <laughs> and it's it's just quite amusing in that. But Zac Efron 
is fucking brilliant in this movie. And this is just a me because I like Zac Efron thing. But it's just... There's a, there's a moment where... Because obviously he's, he isn't 17. He's 37. But they have to enrol him at school. Yeah. So they pretend that he is Thomas Lennon's kid. Ned's kid. Uh, but he, ha- he, he tries to dress like, <laughs> like a 17-year-old kid. So he's wearing like an Ed Hardy t-shirt. Yeah, that 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 you're looking at there. He's wearing that because he thinks that's what kids wear. I used the phrase again that I used on you earlier when you are wearing your hat backwards. Hello, fellow kids. Yeah, but but the thing is, Zac Efron was like 20 at the time. So I get the feeling that Zac Efron kind of said to First Urge, the director, I got this, don't worry, I'm not dressed like a douchebag. And he basically dresses like Kevin Furtherline. <laughs> nice. Um, but then he has like a bit of a... They decide that he's going to look try and look cool. Mm. And then he does just look fucking cool as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... it Honestly, it's fucking brilliant. I get the feeling that if Zac Efron existed now rather than when he did... He still does. No, but existed as, as, as the Zac Efron that is here... I just spat my beer out of that, Becky. Well done. <laughs> Fucking hell, that was good. That was very quick. Fuck. <laughs> I straight up just spat my beer on my jeans then. <laughs> Fucking hell, good work. And then, if, if Zach Efron existed, existed now, he still does. <laughs> Fucking gold. I'm so sorry. That was great. Oh, God. And then, like, <laughs> Zac Efron. Fucking hell, then, that was funny. Existed now. There's been no Timothy Chalamet. No one would give a shit. Just no one would care. <laughs> it still exists, Mark. I think you, you're getting real muddled about this existing thing. No, I mean... Alright, if... If this era Zac Efron was around <laughs> now, yeah. no one would give a shit about Charlemagne. But he'd still exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah Charlemagne okay. still exists, oh, okay. but not to like not to a level where anyone would care. Charlemagne hype wouldn't it? Oh, it wouldn't exist because people would be going, yeah, but can you do all of this shit? This fucking beefcake can do. No, you skinny weirdo. Fuck off. Yeah, but the kids today they like the skinny weirdos. They wouldn't though. No. They'd like Zac Efron. But they don't. They do. I'm creating an alternative universe. <laughs> Where Zephron was born just a few years later. Zephron's born every five years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was thinking about this though. Mark Perry wishes he looked like Zach Efron when he was 17. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> even he, even he right. said that at the time. Yeah. Even he was like that. But the thing is, it's... Zach Efron, even when he's playing off with the the, the kids as well, the fellow Hello kids, kids. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes sense and it works. And then the bit where he, he's um, he's essentially just wanting to spend time with Leslie Mann because that's his wife, when he's Matt Perry. Yeah, you can sort of see him go for Leslie Mann. You can see why she kind of starts to fall for him a little bit. You can see why because he's charming as fuck. Yeah. But then when he's playing off against um, Thomas Lennon. That's really fun as well. So where does Leslie Mann think Matt Perry is? 
And then they're getting divorced, so she thinks he's away on business. Uh, okay. Yeah. But the great cover-up for why nobody can, why nobody knew um, Uncle Ned had a kid. Yeah. Is brilliant. It's absolutely genius. There's just someone saying, like, Zac Efron as the Thomas Lennon mock kid um, goes to his own kid who's at the school with him and sort of says, oh yeah, Uncle Ned said I should come and say hi because, you know, I'm his son. He's like, how come we've never heard of you? He's like, yeah, I'm always too embarrassed to admit you slept with Uncle Ned, with, 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 with Dad. He's <laughs> like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and that's just the running joke throughout it. Poor and it's just Ned. brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, 17 again, what a fucking movie. What a picture. <laughs> Do you know what, we got a lot more mileage out of the 17 again discussion than I anticipated. I could talk about it for another hour. Oh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> that was a highlight of my fucking life, that was. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, dear. Yeah, what have you been watching, Ian? The, the, the thing is, it was both funny and I'll be, I'm going to be absolutely honest, Beck, Beck's quite erotic. Like, I fucking wished on a fucking talk to me like that. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> just absolutely taking you to fucking task like that. That's, uh, That's pretty much dearly occurrence. I mean, that... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought I'm, 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 Jesus. Uh, okay, so... I'm going to talk about what I've been watching and uh, I, I kind of bade it up a bit, just a little <laughs> bit. So I watched, yeah, watched a couple of Bay films. So uh, Donna and I watched Armageddon. Nice. Armageddon is a full fucking meal of a film. Oh, that yeah. film is long. It is. It, it is. But it's like it's like the Tex Mex special. Mm, mm. It's it's like it's a rack of ribs, a fucking burger, some fucking chili fries, a big gulp, and then afterwards it's just like a big fucking slab of fucking like cheesecake. And, and and after that you just want to violently shit. Yeah. And yeah. then rewatch the movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just like, right, I'm ready for another round. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what's the rock kind of now. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, Armageddon. Uh, the how did just that? I, I might have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, no, but I mean, I'll talk about Armageddon, you fucker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah Armageddon is um, it just it's great it's that 90s epic action film where it's like let's get a couple of real A-listers and then a bunch of character actors I straight up forgot that Owen Wilson is in this yep and that is wild like, he's, he's like in it a lot <laughs> Yeah, no, he's yeah. I mean, like he got he gets killed off like basically when they land in the moon. But before that, he's he's in it. Like yep. he's in it a lot. Um, and it's like I mean, like in, in the in the chronology of the Owen Wilson timeline, this is like around Royal Tenenbaums. 
<laughs> and it's just like, fuck it. Here he is. Here's Steve Buscemi. Here's Will Patton. You know, I, I, fucking Jason Isaacs is in it for God's sake, just randomly for for a few scenes. And it, it's great. And it's it's a film that is wisely. It feels like there are distinct. It's a film of two distinct halves. And that that works really well for it in terms of the pacing. Um, but also, like for all the the special effects of it, all the stuff on the asteroid is just like a set. Yep, it is a set where they've just every now and then they reposition the stalactites or stalagmites. I can't remember which one is up and which one's down. Whichever one is up is the one I'm referring to. Um, and it, yeah, like I say, it works. Like Ben Affleck, like is charming. Uh, Bruce Willis, I, I, I'll be honest. I do kind of think like he's just. What do I need to do? Just be Bruce Silly. Willisy. Yeah, fine, you got it. Yeah, and he's doing nothing more than that. It feels like, in terms of they're actually making an effort, of, and, and you know, I, I don't want to say this given what we were talking about earlier on, but it does feel like a relatively lazy performance from him. Um, but he's Bruce Willis, and he's doing his Bruce Willis thing, and it works. But it's mad thinking that, like, the year after he does the sixth sense and it's like, okay, Bruce Willis is acting here. Uh he's not necessarily in Armageddon too much. Um But yeah, I, I it it's it it's a fun time and it is an emotional time. And I mean it is a bit much at the end that like the end is like the wedding video clips. It's like fucking yeah, alright, whatever. Um Do you know what is a better film than Armageddon? Go The Rock. The Rock is a good so, film. No, The Rock is not a good film. The Rock is one of the great action films. You have got a film that for the first 15 or 20 minutes is basically saying, this is the bad guy. You are going to be sympathetic to his cause for the entire film. Every action that he takes, you will understand why he's taking that action. And, it, it, you know, the whole thing about, like, actors going, like, well, you know, I played this bad guy role, like, um, you know, I, 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 in myself, I knew why I was doing it, and in my own mind, I wasn't a bad guy. I fucking swear... So many of those actors saying that saw Ed Harris in The Rock. But the thing is, Ed Harris in The Rock, what he is doing and how his character plays out is not a bad guy. You know, and no. it's when Sean Connery is chewing him out, that does actually get to him. And he does realise, oh shit, what have I... Like, he basically dies going, what have I done? And the fact that you don't get introduced like anybody else for 15 or 20 minutes and the whole while the opening titles are going 
is just how his character got fucked over and he's putting the flowers on his wife's grave and he's just like, I couldn't do this while you're still alive and I, you know, I hope you forgive me. You know, it's brilliant. But then how do you, how do you combat the fact that you've got a, a bad guy who you essentially can root for? Have Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery together. You know, and like Nicolas Cage is introduced and it, it 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 kind of it does feel like Tarantino just like had a hand in the script and like maybe I read that somewhere and that's why I'm thinking that. But it's like it doesn't feel a million miles away from like if uh, Christian Slater in True Romance was a fucking chemical expert in the FBI. Yeah. Um, Tarantino did have what is it? It was this yes. and uh, Crimson Tide. Tide. So yeah, I mean, so apps absolutely, you know, and but you like him, um, and you know it's it's very simple, like simple. It's like okay, his partner's having a a baby, and you know it's just like he's like whoa, and it's like this is brilliant, but Jesus, you know, which is very relatable. The Sean Connery stuff, the fact that they spend then like a good twenty twenty five minutes establishing the Sean Connery character. And like he's been fucked over by the system and whatnot, you know. And it's, um, you know, the, the whole kind of parallel he, of he was also fucked over. So for the first half of this two and a quarter hour film, it is basically you are kind of rooting for all the principal characters here in different ways. Like you, you know, you kind of you do hope that Ed Harris gets what he wants. You don't want anyone to be hurt, but you know that in that character, he doesn't particularly want people to be hurt either. And the, the whole sequence with him and Michael uh, Bean when he comes up and, and in the uh, like the manhole cover, and Ed Harris is like, you stand out, and Michael Bean's like, I can't do that. You know I can't do that. Don't make, don't make us do this situation. It fucking rules. But then the action is brilliant, there's iconic shit in this fucking film. Like the whole flares thing. My yeah. God, that fucking holds up like 25 years on. Um, the, 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 the fucking the car chase in San Francisco is amazing. Um, and it, it, it's, it's so fucking tense. And just the fact that, that, the people aren't the threat in this film. The people have all just got their own motivations. Even like the ones who are driven by money. They just want money. They don't necessarily want to hurt people. But it's like they're going to have to do that if they want the money. But then this shit gets released. And then it's... we got to stop... we got to stop this shit. It's like even from Tony Todd's point of view. It's like you told us there was going to be money here. Now you're saying it's not about the money. It's about this other thing. But I'm here about the money. So even from like his crew's point of view, it's like, yeah, they've been kind of screwed over as well. You know, it's people being screwed over by situations. But the whole thing is, let's not let this fucking horrible gas be released. And it's... Um, it is fucking incredible. It is the best thing that Michael Bay has ever made. And I, there, there are a lot of, there are Michael Bay films I don't like. There's a lot of Michael Bay films I really like. The Rock is the Michael Bay film 
Uh, yeah, I, 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 I probably agree with you and say it, 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 it probably is his best movie. I think it's closely followed by Ambulance, funny enough. But yeah, I think you're right on that. It mm. probably is his best movie. It just, it's, the thing is, it, it, it just, it's the way they set up the character, you know, and it's like the great action films are ones where there's really solid character work there as well. You know, you, you, you look at Die Hard, you know, you, you talk about the characters in Die Hard probably like more than you talk about the action. You know, I mean, you you you've got the um, uh, Bruce Willis jumping off the, the the building with with the explosion and Alan Rickman falling down and whatnot. But what do you fucking talk about with Die Hard? You talk about fists with your toes. You talk about like now I have a machine going ho ho ho. You know, like you you talk about fucking Hans Gruber getting that victory with Ode to Joy playing, and with The Rock. What I'm talking about is not necessarily the action. The action is fantastic, but it's it's the characters and you know the the whole kind of like the, the uh, you, oh God, what's the line about fucking the prom queen? That's referenced in the ambulance, and I can't even remember the line now. But it, it's like things oh, like that. Yeah. Um, sort of like yeah, trying. Uh, <laughs> don't try. real, real winners go. Don't try, they go home and fuck, fuck the pong queen. queen or something. Yeah, something like that. It's, it's, it's a phrase that's it, it, used an awful lot in this house, isn't it, Lex? <laughs> Losers always whine about and their it's... best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. That, that was it. That was it. Um, I don't know, maybe I need to introduce that as like the mantra in my team. <laughs> yeah. The next time some... They don't, they, they don't, like, my guys are fucking brilliant and they don't complain about stuff. But the next time someone does, I might have to say, as Sean Connery said in The Rock, losers whine, winners go home and <laughs> fuck the prom queen. See how that lands. I got, I got an expectant father, a, like, a guy who just kind of wants to do his work and the most, like, um, wants to change the world woman I think I've ever met. That's my team. I'm not entirely sure any of them would be receptive to uh, <laughs> lose his try, winners go home. <laughs> what was the line again? Sorry, winners. Um, I'll do my best. Your best. Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Go home and fuck the prom queen, yeah. yeah. It's weird that it's go home and fuck the prom queen. Oh, it should almost be like go to to Tahiti and fuck the prom queen. Like home, it's like oh, that's all right. <laughs> I think it means that they that they got married to the prom queen and they can now fuck her. Oh. They, they got the prom. Queen. Oh, that changes everything. I'll, I'll 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 talk about that with my guys tomorrow. Then all right, yeah. that that changes everything. Um. Anyway. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's a phrase that gets used around. That's quite a lot. Is it pet? Occasionally, like, I'll text you and say, "Have a good day." You'd be like, "I'll try." I'm like, "What well, tries, buddy?" <laughs> Losers try. Losers try. Yeah. You, you, you'd be surprised to know that I don't publicise the fact that I do a weekly film podcast called Film Bastards around the office. Um, but if any of my guys are ever listening, you're all great. Um, <laughs> oh, 
as someone I work so, with uh, who works in the Leeds showroom and he's dying to know what the podcast called. He keeps going, I'll find it, I'll find it. You won't. <laughs> All he needs to do is type into fucking iTunes, Becky Foster, and you'll come up as an artist name. Oh, God. Will I? Do I? Am yeah. I? How exciting. <laughs> I'm an artiste. No, you're an artist. Artiste sounds fancier, though. Yeah, I know. What's like? What's like the the least fancy way of saying artist? Saying it in a Yorkshire accent, probably. Yeah. Artist. Artist. Yeah. The least fancy way of saying artist: a content creator. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a content creator. <laughs> what thing? Oh wow! How exciting! Did not know that. Yeah. I won't tell him that. Did it did it work? Yeah. It does work, yeah. Nice. Um oh shit, I'm not done. I am um, sorry. I also rewatched Tenet. Oh. How did that hold up? So I just fancied watching <laughs> Yeah, I did. Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> Jesus. Um No, straight up there I was like Donna was kind of watching part of it and we were joking about that. And then she was watching it, and it literally came up unintelligible dialogue, and yeah. we fucking pissed ourselves. Like it's it's incredible. Um, right, Tenet gets better every watch. That film fucking rules. Um, yeah. it is really, 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 really good. And every time I watch it, it does make more sense. Like that—that's the thing. And it's like, it's—it's it's very dense, and there's a lot of shit that you got to get your head around. And there's still stuff, the concepts in it, like the whole early on Clements Posey um, talking to uh, uh, John David Washington about how you've got to, you got to think that you're catching the bullet. And he's like, "Whoa!" And it's like, I—I I still don't, un like understand that if i'm honest you know it just it's yeah it, it, it that that messes with me but the whole chronology of it all makes more sense um but also just the the the, the sheer this is a fucking film of it <laughs> just gets more and more and more every time and the i i like the the ending more i remember being pretty critical of the ending but the whole and i think it's just like because it's just such a concept to wrap your head around of how that like they're, they're having to coordinate what's happening in that like um, secret Russian city. You got the people going forwards and the people going backwards, and then combatants also going forwards and backwards. And the way that it's like there's there's a building that blows up, and it's like they have to coordinate blowing up the top half and blowing up the bottom half, but like backwards and forwards, and it that that shit is great but then at the and the visuals are incredible but then the the what is actually at the heart of that 
is Elizabeth Debicki and Kenneth Branagh. And is Debicki basically going to be able to fucking just hold the urge to kill her husband? Like, and it, like just fucking... Just keep that shit in check. Keep up the charade and keep him fucking going. You know, where it's like... It's making him withhold the urge to just fucking do himself in while also withholding the urge for her to kill him. So you've got this like weird kind of like backwardsy forwardsy thing going on there as well. Um It It's great. It is fucking great. And Pattinson is so fucking charming. And John David Washington, when he goes into that kitchen and it's just like, I ordered my hot sauce an hour ago. <laughs> that line is fucking amazing. And then the fight that he has with that fucking cheese, cheese grater. And it's just, it's just like, how the fuck how has that not happened before? Yeah. And it, it's it, so it, it's a perfect weapon. brutal. <laughs> It is the yes, yeah. the perfect way, and it's just the way he like smacks the guy with it, and then straights up fucking grates his face. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> oh my god! Like oh, tenet. Yeah, cheese grits. Yeah, just if you want to send to it like hand to hand combat battle, they should have cheese grater hands. The nutmeg side. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. 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 But no, oh, honestly, really like, straight... It, it made me really sad that you weren't so hot on it to start off with. For you. Like... No, I mean, it... And it just, yeah, I mean, like, I am forever annoyed with myself that we booked tickets so late that we could only get the front row. Mm. Like, that absolutely fucked me on Tenet. Yeah. Absolutely fucked me. It, it's, like... You know, I, I think this is the fourth time I've watched it and it's been out for less than two years. Um, and now I'm just like, it's a five out of five banger. And, you know, that uh, that would have been the year that, what, another round was my number one. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't been in the, the pandemic for that long, have we? No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I... And I, I think another round would st- would still be my number one because that 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 film's something else. But I, I, you know, I think Tenet would be up there. I think I want to say that by the time we rolled round to year end, it was like my number nine. I think, um, so, yeah, I think it did. I, yeah, on a rewatch, it it made it there. But now it'd be like it'd be top three, I reckon. Mm. Um, I don't know. It might. It might. You know what? It might be my number one. I it, think you could still stand by another round. Oh, oh hell yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's um, ten, yeah, Tenet is just a fucking incredible bit of filmmaking. Fair play. Uh, that's that. That is me there. So uh, Twitter. Mark, what have we got? Very quickly, can I just say the big dog uh, in ambulance is one of Michael Bay's dogs. Oh, really? Yeah. 
it's Michael Bay. That's fucking great. <laughs> of course it is. Oh, that's fucking that rules. Uh, of course it is. Apparently, all I've got, I've got, of course he's a dog person. I fucking knew Michael Bay yeah. would be a dog all person. Three of, Sorry, all three of his dogs. He has four. He has three mastiffs. All three of them have appeared in different movies. His. Oh, mastiffs are good dogs if you're gonna if you're gonna have a dog. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Twitter question. Uh, the Twitter question we put out there was um, our question to you this week is what are your top five action movies? Um, decided to avoid putting out a slap related question didn't we Max? We thought it would be in bad taste. Yeah. Rick. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I had a couple of answers to this. Um, Matt Shrek says uh, number five, Ronan. Number four, 13 Assassins. Number three, The Good, The Bad, The Weird. Number two, oh, that's a fucking great film. The Raid. And number cool one, uh, cool. Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, Rick Kim says number five, Casino Royale. Number four, Terminator 2. Number three, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. Number two, Escape from New York. And number one, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, I think that's all we had to come back from those ones. It did get put out pretty late. Good choices. Yeah. Um, did, did you guys think of a five? Because I actually realised that I put the question out and I haven't thought of a five. No. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I'll, I'll be absolutely honest, Mark. You put these Twitter questions out and I don't know what the question is until you tell me on the podcast <laughs> the raid would be in mine for definite the raid would be in mine yeah. um, what's that Die would um, be in mine um, Seven Samurai would be in mine Terminator 2 would be in mine Terminator would be in mine it's a better movie yeah. what's that one by that man that we have that box set for <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the great questions a man or woman has ever asked go on Refers that question again. What's that one by that man we have the box set for? You know the the like super expensive special edition box set that we've got of that Japanese chap. That's a really good director. Akira Kurosawa. Akira Kurosawa. Yeah. Yeah, that that one film that we watched of his. We watched two of his. Yeah, but the biggie. You're thinking Seven Samurai. Yes, possibly. Yeah. That one where it's like in the village and it's all like all over the place and. Give me a minute. Are you thinking of Jimbo? Maybe, yeah. 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 That's really good. I really like Jimbo's that. Jimbo's very good, yes. Yeah. Wild bunch that you can throw in there. Yeah. Uh, and every Tony Scott movie. Yeah. So many good action movies, aren't there? Yeah. Um, right. Uh, and um, questions for us. Um... Rick Kidd says, given that Bruce Willis news has just come out, what are your top three Bruce Willis films not called Die Hard? I'm going to go one further than that and say all the Die Hard movies have to be taken out. <laughs> Alright. Um, I mean, not in any particular order. Um, Unbreakable. Moonrise Kingdom. I think he fucking rules in Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, Death Becomes a Bex. Uh, Favourite, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so I, I quite nichely really love Bruce Willis's weird little foray into sci-fi. 
So 12 monkeys and fifth element will be in there for me. Yeah. And Death Becomes Her, I think he's just a really fucking solid Bruce Willis performance. All right, I'm going to go for mine. I'm going to go Blind Date, number three. Last Boy Scout, number two. And Pulp Fiction, number one. Fair play. Only one crossover. Oh, fuck. I mean, Pulp Fiction, shit. (laughs) Yeah. Did you just say Pulp Fiction's shit? No, I said Pulp Fiction. Shit. Shit. Okay, that's me. And resisted the urge to put North yeah. in there. Uh, questions. So we've got uh, Andrew Jones. What type of vehicle should Michael Bay base a film around next? What kind of vehicle? Cruise liner. I, I, I would watch. I would watch Michael Bay direct a film called Liner. <laughs> yeah. Liner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The line of danger. Yeah, but but then again, I, I, Michael Bay presents Speedboat. Go on then. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Michael Bay's milk float. Fair enough. <laughs> Michael Bay, Ice Cream Man. I'd watch that. Yeah. Um, but it would be like, I scream. Man. man. <laughs> uh, nice. Um, what, what vehicle would work out really well? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm liking your, what is it, line? I'm going with that. I'm sure we're you back to that. cruise line. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. Yeah. An action movie where no one has any possibility of escape. Yeah. The bad guys let all the lifeboats go. You mean like Under Siege? Sure. That's what happens in Under Siege. <laughs> um, and then we have another one from Rick, uh, Rick Jacob, uh, who says, Who, other than Jason Reitman, Ian, would you <laughs> like to slap a movie award show? Jer- Judy Dench. Wow. Can I <laughs> I was, I was thinking... It's okay, mate. Stop to think about it a second. No, because well, no, I have been thinking about it. And then I was just sat here a second ago and I thought, clearly the answer is Judy Dench. You decided to slap a pensioner. Yeah, <laughs> I fucking hate Not bad. So Becky's slapping a pensioner. Uh, Ian. Uh, <laughs> to clarify, I wouldn't really actually slap a Who are you going to slap? <laughs> it's difficult though, isn't it? Because it's like you probably wouldn't actually want to slap anyone. I mean, I want to um, slap people on a day-to-day I, basis. I just don't go about it. All right, I'm going to say it. Fuck it. Ezra Miller. Oh, oh, fair enough. What a great choice. Oh, he's been arrested, hasn't he? Yes. For general just, douchebaggery. It, 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 it's something that he seems to do a lot, this. Mm, mm. Where he just acts like a prick. Yeah, Ezra Miller. Play that exactly. like He just fucking needs to... Get a slap. Just go, just go away for a bit, or like, I, I get over himself. Yeah, mm. I mean, he is the, the he is part of the greatest moment in cinematic history. And you forget it. What in? Oh, the the Flash entering the Speed Force. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. I just, I, I really don't know. Like, watch that. I really want to watch that show. Just this league again. So he just... It was from... He right, just... I, I, just very quickly. 
That, oh, when here it, we go. When it won that, <laughs> it was from Zack Snyder's Justice League, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't think that mm-hmm. whole sequence is in the original cut. I don't think it is, no. Mm. Yeah. But, I, but the, the clip they showed at the Oscars was in colour. I mean, so Zack Snyder's Justice League, you just wouldn't think it is. I thought it was black and white. Don't think so. Is it? Have I just imagined that? No, no there's a Justice is Grey version. That's it. Because we've watched that as well, haven't we? Yeah. That's the one I've most recently watched. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I thought I was going fucking mad. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could slap somebody. It's one of those fucking great choice, that. It is a good choice. Um... Somebody. I mean, it's kind of in colour. I'm looking at the images on here and it's very, very... Yeah, he's right. It's quite... Yeah. Are you going to slap? Who do I like? Michael Sarah. James Corden? My... Yeah, Michael Sarah. Oh, no. James Corden would probably... I get the feeling like James Corden... Two more hanging through, isn't it? If I, my worry is that I have a... A weird feeling that if I smacked James Corden in the side of the face, that it would he would find it mildly erotic, mm. and that's it. That that would be that would be a I, problem. Mm. I, would, I, I would I would be just, the guy who slapped a boner into James Corden. Just just, uh, just to be clear, the Ezra Miller thing is it you know it it's purely because of things like him being arrested for drunken disorderly because he was annoyed that someone was singing karaoke to Shallow. Mm. And didn't he, allegedly, but didn't he actually as well, like, pull some girl down by the back of her hair because she said she was stronger than him or something like that? Happened a couple of years ago? Yeah, I don't know. It just... He just, he seems problematic, but in a way that we haven't quite understood how to deal with that kind of problematic. Yeah, it's it's a, do you know what? People like that can still be arseholes. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it, it, the, 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 there is the potential for anyone of any persuasion to be a fucking twat. Yeah. Yes. Have you yes. cut out again? No, 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 no we're here. No. I'm just imagining it smacking Michael Sarah and Washer. I think he did it as well. Like though. dropping the hammer. I don't. I don't. Are they back? He... Yeah. Are we back again now? I thought I heard something then. Are we? Wait. What? Are we not hearing? Can you not hear us? Oh no, you're back now. All right, cool. No, I reckon. Yeah, no, I don't reckon. Yeah, would enjoy it. I reckon I could probably kill him though. <laughs> right. Ian, can you hear us? It's like a zoom. Call. Yes. Yeah, I, I just heard something about I could kill him though from Mark. <laughs> <laughs> that was not Michael Sarah, not you. <laughs> oh dear. 
I think we might have to start break. I might have to start winding this one down. Yeah, yeah. Seems like it's on its way out. Yeah. Seems like it's trying to tell us something. Yeah. What are we covering next week, Ian? Ian. You guys there? I think Ian might have caught this time. Okay, I think we're back. It's saying that the yeah, we're back. Yeah, okay. Can you hear um, us? Was that it for questions? I feel like, yeah, I feel like maybe that we need to wrap it, yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. okay, time all right. Uh, uh, yeah, it kind of feels like the connections are going like you've had too long tonight when it's not even <laughs> as long as it can be. Um, so, thank you very much for listening, folks. Uh, coming up on next week's show, uh, we're going to be having a meeting with the film that doesn't exist. We are going to be introducing <laughs> ourselves to Dr. Michael Morbius. Uh, as we review Morbius, uh, are we doing Sonic Two as well? Do we think you guys can get to Sonic Two? Yes. You reckon we can do two two cinema trips in one week? Yes, because we can get to Sonic Two during the day on uh, Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, so we our, will. Our plan is to do Sonic both of them. Yeah. Sweet. And uh, we'll also take a look at Judd Apatow's new film where, it's interesting this, comes out on... People are fucking saying, like, oh, Morbius, the embargo doesn't drop for blah, blah, blah. What does that mean? There's no reviews for the bubble yet. (laughs) Yeah. And that literally arrives on Friday. We're doing that as well, yeah? Yes. So, yeah, we shall see. My AirPods just gave out as well, so maybe I just need to say thank you very much, Mark. Thanks very much, Ian. Thank you very much, much, Becky. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, everybody, and we'll speak to you all next week. Goodbye. This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.